0: The voice of reason, the voice of alarm, the voice of stats, the voice of scouts, the voice of Kool-Aid, the voice of dismay, the voice of Devo. 11 to 5. The Royals get it done in Game 1 of 3 in Minnesota and Game 1 of a must-sweep six-game road trip by my estimations as the Royals move to 71 and 66. And yeah, I think the Royals can lose approximately six more times this year. So really, it's a must-sweep road trip when you consider the competition of three in Minnesota and three in Chicago. But the Royals, like I said, 71 and 66. They'll hope to gain ground on Houston and Detroit. Detroit at last check, going to the 10th inning, tied at 2 with the White Sox. Houston is about to get going here shortly. The Mariners, the Yankees, the Orioles have already won today. And it's Devo, glad you're along for another edition of Your Dish on Clubhouse Conversation, where we talk Royals baseball year-round. Uh, and before we get to breaking down this game and discussing the next two games of this series against the twins two quick notes i wanted to give you first of all i hope you were able to listen to the aj puckett interview we published last night top 10 royals prospect was their first pick of the draft this summer in the second round out of pepperdine aj puckett just finished up a nice first initial season of pro ball with lexington his last start was on saturday he was a winner here's a kid that's overcome a coma in high school. Played football and baseball at the famed De La Salle High School from When the Game Stands Tall, that movie. Famous high school. Overcame a coma. Was drafted out of high school by the A's. Went to Pepperdine. Was a film major. So we talk about movies. We talk about overcoming the coma. You know, Pitching with the Royals. His third longest inning streak in NCAA history. 45 and two-thirds scoreless streak. Lots to love about AJ Puckett. The interview is about 30 minutes and I think it's one of those interviews that you'll wish is longer once you start listening. So check that out here at clubhouseconversation.com. Our chat with AJ Puckett as we talk to current Royals each week during the regular season and former Royals each week during the winter. Clubhouseconversation.com at Royals Clubhouse on Twitter, and of course, Clubhouse Conversation on Facebook. Second note before we get started is this will be the final time I'm going on vacation during the season, but I am taking a little trip out to Vegas, so I will not be around about the next week. So you might go a full week without dishes. How will you ever survive? But then we'll be back for the stretch run. The final three weeks should be here pretty much every single day of the remainder of the season. So there you go. This will probably be the last dish for about a week. But with that said, then, the housekeeping's out of the way, that great interview and letting you know about that stuff. Let's get with our player of the game and talk about this game. The player of the game is Eric Hosmer. I considered Kendris Morales for his 3 run home run to put the Royals ahead. Dyson, a great game with three hits. But Haas, I got to go with him. His 21st home run of the year in the eighth inning off of lefty Pat Dean, who was originally supposed to start this game. We heard a couple of days ago, and that tops off a two for four day for Haas with four RBIs, two runs scored and a walk for Eric Hosmer. Nice job there. And nice job all up and down the entire Royals starting lineup. The Twins got punished. All nine KC starters had at least one base hit in this game. And six of the nine Royals who started had multi-hit games. Let's just give them all some love. Dyson, 3-for-5 with three runs, which include roping his 11th double of the season in there. Paul Orlando, 2-for-4 with a run in an RBI. We already talked about Hosmer. Kendricks, we already talked about his 23rd blast of the year in that fifth inning to put the Royals ahead. Salvador Perez, 2-for-5 with a double an RBI in a run. Alex Gordon, 2-for-5 with a run and an RBI, including his 14th double. Poor Chesler Cuthbert with just 1-for-4 with a single. He must feel left out. Alcides Escobar, 2-for-5 with a run and an RBI. And Whit Merrifield starts for the second straight game, 1-for-4 with a run and an RBI at second base for Whit, who had some nice at-bats continues to be able to get sacrifice flies to get runners one from third and move runners from second to third. That's something nice that we've seen the Royals continually. Again, today the Royals had a runner at third with a one out and couldn't get a man. That seems to be a, a consistent theme, especially over the last week. But luckily it didn't come back to bite the Royals in this one as they completely pummel – Jose Barrios, the top Twins pitching prospect. Five runs and five innings for the Royals with nine hits and an impressive six for 13 with runners in scoring position for the Royals against a suspect starter who's not ready and against a very suspect bullpen for the Minnesota Twins. Now, pitching-wise, had the Royals not gone off with the Morales home run and then poured it on after that, this could have been one of those games where we weren't real thrilled with Ian Kennedy because he really was not very good. I was disappointed by Ian Kennedy in this game. And I think that would have been the narrative that I would have kicked off with had the Royals lost this game. It was a disappointing outing by him. But thankfully, Kendris Morales hits the home run in the fifth that gave K- you know, KC the one-run lead, and, and then the bullpen's able to bail out Ian Kennedy big time in the sixth. Before we get to that, though, his line, five and a third, four runs on nine hits with two walks. So 11 base runners and five and a third is obviously way too many. The second straight day of the Royals have had a, a whip over two. With the starting pitcher Ventura won the other night with one too, so actually that's not true. It's not second straight day. Volquez didn't have that. Sorry, two days ago Ventura had that. So two of the last three days now the Royal starter has had a whip of two or more. And granted, it's sample size, but never impressive to give up four runs in five and a third with eleven base runners. And there are some brain farts in this one for the Royals, and one of them was Kennedy. Of course, the time he forgot to cover home, the runner comes home from second base and, and scores on that play, was just kind of a spectator. And to a degree, Rex Hudler on TV pointed it out, and I agreed with him. The second AB when Brian Dozier hit his second of three home runs today, giving him ten against the Royals this year. He hit three home runs today, Brian Dozier. How do you even do that? <laughs> right? That's like the one guy in that offense that can beat you. Maybe, maybe Sano, but n- but he strikes out way too much. And nah, not not Sano. Certainly not Mauer. It's a, he's like you know, there's no uh, there's no Nunez anymore who got traded to the Twins or to the Giants. I mean. Grossman's banged up. Kepler as well. I mean, no. <laughs> Three home runs against him. But the second at bat, he keeps throwing him fastball after fastball. He almost took him deep like twice before the uh, you know, uh, home run on that second at bat. I thought the pitch sequence might not have been the best there. And Kennedy does come back and pitch him backwards with two breaking balls and a fastball to strike him out in the third A.B., a tip of the cap there. But uh, I don't know. It was not the best outing for Ian Kennedy today. And for the Royals on defense, they kind of sleepwalked at first. You had a play where Gerard Dyson could have doubled off a run at first, and nobody alerted him. It was just like they just—it just seemed like between that and the Kennedy play, and there was a bunt play made in the sixth inning by Centennial that seemed like both Salvi and Kennedy were kind of passive on. That ended up being a base head. It was just there was a good two or three times where it just seemed like the Royals had brain farts and a couple of them involved. Kennedy. Now, the biggest moment came in that sixth inning, like I said. So Logan Schaefer, the leadoff double against Kennedy after the Royals had taken back the lead. Juan Centeno, the bunts on that play I just talked about, where Kennedy or Perez seemed like they could have made the play, but both kind of came up short and didn't. To his credit, the first and third there, nobody out. Kennedy buckles down. Buxton strikes out. And then Ned goes to the bullpen because Brian Dozier's coming up next. At that point, he's two for three with two home runs and a strikeout. First and third one out, in comes Peter Moylan, the biggest at-bat of the game, strikes out Dozier, who's unable to hit a fly ball to get the game tied there and get a run in there. So nice job there out of the pin by Peter Moylan. Then Ned goes to a guy who I think has been very underutilized and very underused in recent days, especially with the, with the struggles of Joaquin Soria and some of the other guys out there. And that's Brian Flynn. And I know Flynn's a lefty, and the Royals have faced a lot of right-handed heavy teams like, like the Tigers and stuff. But I'm to the point where I really don't care. I mean, like for example, yesterday when Ned said Soria was, it was Soria, Pounders are young for the eighth inning yesterday. Well, why not Flynn? And his answer probably would have been Flynn's a left-hander and the Tigers destroy left-handers. But Miguel Cabrera destroys everybody. It doesn't matter. That, that was the leadoff hitter yesterday. You've got the switch in Victor Martinez, so no big deal there. And then J.D. Martinez. like, and, and at this point, who do you trust more? Soria, right on right, or Flynn, who's got a 2-4 ERA left on right, who throws a heavy ball and doesn't have the snake-bitten stuff that Soria seems to, or the negativity and the cloud of negativity around him, as the fans seem to have whenever Soria steps in the field. So just something that I, you know, I was glad to see Ned bring in Flynn as a point of this conversation, and me bringing him up. He comes in, does walk Joe Meyer before getting Trevor Plouffe to fly out to center, and gets KC and Ian Kennedy out of that inning, and that pretty much was it. Brooks Pounder, Scott Alexander finish off the nice win for the Royals. So one down, five to go, and I know... Pretty much all of us have said the math doesn't add up and the season's pretty much over, and that's true. Nothing really changes, and that's just – I mean, you can tell that even more when you look ahead and, you know, Baltimore wins, you're still four behind them, and every day you have one less game, right? You don't play Baltimore again head-to-head. You only get Detroit three more times. You don't have the Yankees anymore. Don't have Seattle, who probably won't be a factor. And don't have the Astros. So it's like you don't really control your own destiny anymore unless you're going to get to 90 wins. And I know 89 might get you in. The average win total the last five years has been 89.75 for the second wild card. So you've got to assume it takes 90 wins to get in. So the Royals can lose you know, about six more times then and get there. So they really need to sweep this entire week because you still have another three full weeks coming up after this week. Got to sweep this whole week. And you still have six games against the Indians in there and three against the Detroit. So you want to save a couple of your losses for later on in the year. I mean, guys, it's pretty much over, but I'm just saying, if we're going to sit here and talk, and we're going to sit here and listen to this and, and discuss it, obviously we're not completely packing up shop. Because if we were, we'd start running out Hunter Dozier out there and try to get you know, a start for Strom or whatever. I mean, you'd, you'd be doing more experimental things. So obviously we're not even close to there yet, but well, I shouldn't say we're not close to there. We're pretty close to there, but we're still not close to talking about that yet. I'm not flipping the page, even though I'll tell you the math doesn't add up and the chances of the Royals making the playoffs are not good. So we'll see though. They got to sweep this series. Dylan G. Irvin Santana game two tomorrow. G's been really good the last month, by the way. The month of August. Did you know Dylan G had a three point six nine ERA? And did you know he's gone five or more innings in ten of his last twelve starts? So Dylan G, six and seven a four three three. Brian Dozier, speaking of three home runs, yikes, 14 at-bats against G. He's taken him yard three times. Dozier, five for 14 with three home runs against G. Joe Maurer, no home runs, is hitting 385 and 13 at-bats. As far as Irvin Santana goes for the Twins coming up tomorrow night, Santana, how about this? Speaking of the, the whip of well over two, like Ventura had a couple of days ago, and like Kennedy had today. How about Santana gave up 11 hits and just five innings his last time out, but only gave up two runs against the White Sox as the Twins ended their 13 game losing streak his last time out. Against him, it's Jekyll and Hyde. Hosmer, 316 with two home runs in 19 at-bats. Escobar a solid 296 and 27 ABs. The bad news, the Hyde, Gordon just 182 against Santana and 22 at-bats. For the Royals, but does have two home runs now. Danny Duffy and Kyle Gibson in the finale. I'm going to predict the Royals to win all three of these. By the way, so uh, I'm saying they're going to sweep. I, I think they probably will. The final game: Danny Duffy, Kyle Gibson. Duffy 11 and two, a 3-1-3. Gibson, former Royals killer, Mizzou, five nine, five and nine, not five. He's taller than five foot nine, five and nine. I meant to say with a five point three one. Now Duffy comes off of four runs on nine hits against the Tigers. The 9 Hits is able to overcome that. In another game of over 2 whip that we keep talking about. What, 3 of the last 4 now? But was able to miss bats in that one. Struck out eight his last time out, did Duffy. They haven't done much about him. Minnesota hasn't with guys with the bats against him. Dozier, 276. No home runs. Wow. No home runs and 29 at-bats against Duffy for Dozier. Maurer, no home runs in 18 ABs, 278. Plouffe has taken him yard once and 26 at-bats, but hitting just 231. So pretty good success for Duffy against the Twins. Gibson comes off against the White Sox, giving up five runs and five and two-thirds. Royals are hot or cold against him. Esky, 370 and 27 at-bats. How about Alex Gordon against Kyle Gibson? Listen to this. Gordon is 409 with a home run and 22 at-bats, so has crushed Gibson throughout his career. The other side of that, though, Salvi just 120 and 25 at-bats against Gibson. Lorenzo Cain, who probably, my guess, is out until the weekend. I'm guessing they try to get him back in the lineup Friday in Chicago one last time. You get the off day on Thursday, but Cain's 130 and 23 at-bats against him. And I did have a question about that at Royals Clubhouse from Scott. Thanks for the question. O, do you think he'll be back in the lineup soon? I think it'll be Friday. Gives them three more full days to rest, Tuesday, Wednesday, plus the off day. And at that point, you're down to your final three weeks. If he hurts it again, you just pull him out for the year. It's it's something that sounds like it's going to take four to six weeks to heal completely. So, you know, you're able to do that this winter. Hopefully the winter gets delayed, but not likely. Probably the season's over here in just a few weeks, which is kind of sad. You hate closing up shop early, especially after the fun last couple of Octobers. But there you go. I think the Royals will sweep this series. they got to sweep the whole week. Will they? Very doubtful. Probably will drop at least one in Chicago. We shall see what happens, though. Like I said, check out the AJ Puckett interview here on clubhouseconversation.com, and The Dish will be back fairly regularly after this final vacation I take. I've taken two in the last three weeks, one to Boston, one to Vegas. I'll be back with you the last three weeks with a lot of dishes. Look for more current Royal interviews when I get back as well, and we kick off the off-season former Royal interviews at some point in October or November. Have a great night. Go Royals, and we'll talk to you again soon.